Welcome to the 5-7 Podcast. I'm your host, Pre, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Salinas. Good evening. And today, our interview is going to be with Alberto Soto. Alberto Soto is a local music artist, very talented, and uh, he's been doing it for uh, for quite a while. How are you doing, Bert? I'm doing well, and, and uh, thanks for reminding me that I've been doing it for quite a while. I just had a birthday recently, and yeah, yeah how been quite a while. I just turned 36, man. Oh, 36 hey, it's, it's all good, dude. It's all good. I'm going to be 37 this year. All right. I'll yeah, make so. sure remind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how's everything going? Are you uh, are you in Chicago? Where are you located at? Uh, I'm actually in Texas right now. Texas. Um, oh, my God. Here we go. I yeah. love Texas. Yeah. And Texas loves to... me. Really? I, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Texas yet. I haven't been here long enough. I... I Past two, I moved here two years ago um, from back home in Chicago, um, but I've been in Vegas, Texas, Chicago, I like four times now in the past two years. Uh, wow! So it's been a lot of moving. Haven't quite settled in yet. What do you like about Texas? <clears throat> the weather, the weather, the weather, the weather's great. I mean, uh, just today. Uh, it was it was sixty two high, okay. um, and I know everybody back home's you know complaining about snow and it was and, about a uh, high of five today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I definitely appreciate the warm weather. Um, the people uh, the people are, are are very nice. Uh, they're they're cultured in their own way. They're just very different. You know, being a city boy growing up in Chicago and spending thirty plus years out there, it's yeah. very different down here. People, uh, you know, they kind of take their time in the South, you know, we're in Chicago where it's kind of, let's go, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes. You know, it's, it's pretty busy. Yeah. So, um, so why don't you tell us how you got started in music? Um, I, you know, I've never actually been asked that question. Uh, I think people just assume like, Hey, you're probably good at it. And I, uh, when I was about 13 or 14, maybe give or take, I'm sure I can fact check it, but all for one was performing on a, <laughs> a night show, like some, some night show. And like I was at home, my mom was out doing something. I was at home alone. I was watching it and I was, I was blown away by the attention they were getting by the, from the women. Yeah. Like they were singing and I looked at the, the women in the crowd going nuts. And I thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. Like yeah. I, I want, you know, I want to do that. I was a teenager and I was like, yeah, I, I'd like that attention. And, uh, and then from there, I kind of just, uh, I would, you know, my mom, my mom made it a point to teach me to like care for myself, clean up for after myself, do those types of things. And so while I would clean up, I would like play songs and I would just play them over and over again. And I would memorize them and I would sing them and sing, oh, really? them, sing them, sing them. Yeah. And then, uh, in my freshman year of high school, one of my buddies talked me into trying out for concert choir. And, uh, I, I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go audition with you. Um, just because he wouldn't do it if I wouldn't. And so I went in and I, I sang, uh, not so popular now, uh, but I sang uh, R. Kelly, I believe I could fly. <laughs> and at the time, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a big song. And uh, I remember I actually sang the song with my back to the crowd. So there was a bunch of, there was probably, I don't know, a hundred people in the auditorium. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I turned my back and I kind of started singing. And then about halfway through it, I don't know, I was feeling myself and I turned around and, and uh, I, I, 
I finished off and I just remember a girl in the audience going, boy, you can fly anywhere with that voice. And uh, <laughs> that was it for me. I was like, yeah, this is what I love to do. And then as time went on, I actually, I ended up meeting at the time with my best friend uh, and he was a rapper. And so he would rap and they would freestyle and I would just sing. I would do ad libs and things like that. And, and uh, I was always writing poetry for me was an escape from all the, you know, all the tough things really that I had gone through. So it wasn't that I was driven by the desire for the attention from women that, but that was all rooted from the fact that I was missing the attention mm. from other places. Right. I was, I wasn't getting things sure. um, in at home that I, that I needed. And so I, I was out there looking for other stuff. And so anyways, then I started rapping and I, I, I happened to be pretty good at it. And then, uh, yeah, just here we are. I think it's always, it's always natural when, you know, uh, when we're not getting the attention that we need, that we, we kind of go out and, and try and find it, uh, you know, in somewhere else, I think more so in kids, you know, that they, uh, they, are more, you know, susceptible to it and they, they're willing to kind of go out there and, and try and find it. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally understand, man. Um, and that's funny. Uh, you know, R. Kelly has been popping up on our podcast quite a bit lately. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. It's kind of funny. Anyways, yeah. uh, so you started, uh, so you started, uh, so you started rapping. And then what made you want to go from singing to like rapping? Like, you know, one minute you're, you know, you're singing R. Kelly. Next minute you're like, you know what? I want to try and do this because I think it's a big difference, you know, singing and, uh, and, and putting, putting lyrics together. Or at least putting bars together, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess for me, I, I guess I, I wasn't that confident in my singing voice. Although, though I, d I had done a lot of really positive stuff, I got tons of positive feedback. When I started rapping, I just excelled, mm. uh, you know, compared to everyone else. I, there was a difference, and at the time, you know, because we're talking twenty years ago, right? Like twenty years ago it was predominantly African-Americans rapping. I mean, right. you had, you know, Eminem was a big deal because he was a white guy that rapped and he was good at it. You yeah, know what I mean? There wasn't any, yeah, there, there, there were no, there were no, you know, you have Vanilla Ice. Like that's who we, that's the rappers we remember. There was no, and there were no prominent uh, Latino rappers. Right. So the fact that I would, I would, go to a party and have a freestyle session or a freestyle battle, which is what they did back then. We did, you know, we did a lot of battles Yeah. and I stood out already. I had this advantage and then I was, I had an ability. Um, I just, I saw that and I just kind of, you know, I latched onto it. I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. Um, and I, I was always able to sing my own ad libs and, and do those other things. You know, I could, I had a, I had a different flavor and that's what we called it back then. Like a different yeah. style, you know, I was able to, do the things that all these other rappers weren't doing. Um, I also had a way with words and, you know, when you're writing love songs, I mean, words are just as important for a love song, but when you're rapping, you're able to say more. I felt, I always felt like there's, you know, there's more lines available. So I'm able to build a story and tell a story uh, more intricately and really make an impact, whatever the story is, whether it's me um, at the time talking about how I wanted to be with a girl or money or, you know, as a, as a kid, right. As a little boy. And then yeah. as I got older about how, uh, how I wanted to affect the world and how I wanted to affect my community and how I wanted to, you know, change people. Um, and so I kind of just, 
I did that. Like I said, when the kind of to, to, to uh, go full circle, I had a need. And when you're young, what you were talking about, like, I, I think we tend to, we, we try to kind of problem solve without really understanding what we're trying to problem solve. And then as we get older, we do the same thing. We're just better at it. Yeah. You know, we start to realize like, Hey, so I suffer from ulcerative colitis. I probably shouldn't deal with the struggle of ulcerative colitis by going out and getting wasted every night because yeah. it's going to make me sicker. Um, yeah. I should probably deal with it some other way. As a child, you don't do that. It's just like, Hey, well, I'm going to drink and it's yeah. going to make me feel better. Yeah, I and, agree. You know, and it does so, for a little while. Right. Right. I, I, I read, uh, on Reddit today, I seen a, a post that said something like, I'm paraphrasing. No, it, it was something like alcohol is literally a solution. <laughs> you know, scientifically alcohol is a solution. And, and yeah. I thought, I thought it was funny. It's, it's clever, but it's, it's, it's sad. Right. I like the saying, um, you can't find the answers at the bottom of a bottle. And, uh, I'll tell you what I've, I, um, I've looked plenty of times and I never found the answers there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in one of your songs, uh, I'm trying to remember how the lyric goes when you're like, what do you say? He's when you're like, I'm not talking sad face. I'm talking, uh, empty bottles empty and bottles. overflowing ashtrays. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm like, you're, you're talking to me because that when I, the first time I heard it, I'm like, dude, that's, that sounds like, that sounds like a night me and you had, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, One of and the many uh, nights. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that that was really cool. Do you take any, um, like when you write, is there like any kind of emotional, uh, do you, do you put your emotions into it or is it like more of like a creative thing where you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about, um, you know, this, this, and this, and this, and that's what I'm going to write about. Or is it like, I feel like this today and I'm going to write about that. Um, it's both. I think that, I think because I've been given, like I've, I've been blessed. Fact is I've been blessed with a talent. I've been, I've been gifted with this talent. So I'm, I have the ability to write. We can sit here now and you can say, Hey Al, uh, you know, Soto, whatever my artist name, I, I want you to write about your new AirPods. And I can write a verse about my AirPods and it'll be good. Um, however, my best music, and when I say best music, my most powerful, influential, the world changing stuff, the lines that you remember, the, I'm not talking sad face. I'm talking yeah. bottles and overflowing answers. That's, that's, that was rooted in emotion. That was real. That was, that was, that was how I felt. That's what I was doing. I was drinking yeah. myself to death. I'm not even a smoker and I was smoking a pack of cigarettes in a day or two because I was, I was trying to, you know, you know, I was, I was symbolically killing myself. Um, cause I, I've always, like, I've always known, like, I don't, I have no wish or desire to die, but you have a desire to escape reality. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's a really, I guess, a long way to get to the answer. The fact is, no, my best music comes from truly how I feel. I've, I've been trying to give you an, a, a, a picture of this. Like the past two or three weeks, I've been trying to write and I haven't been able to because everything I'm trying, if I write right now, the only thing that's going to be worth listening to is if I write about what I'm truly going through. Okay. You started a podcast. You're like, hey, hey, hi, how are you? Right. Sure. And the, 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 uh, Society says I'm supposed to say I'm doing well. Yeah, right? I say it with a smile, and I, 
and and yeah, I'm, I feel great. Things are going well. I'm healthy. I'm alive. Blah blah blah. But that's not truly how I feel, right? Like I'm I'm dealing right now. I'm dealing yeah. with things, and so um, but uh, sometimes I'm afraid to write about it because that's going to be the it's going to be the realest. It's when I write that way, it's gonna it's gonna garner questions. Sure. It's gonna prompt people to ask what's going on. It's gonna have people that don't know me well enough. They're gonna worry because they're going to listen to some of the lyrics and they're going to go, what the hell is going on with Soto? Yeah. You know, wait, wait, what's happening? Um, so sometimes I'm afraid to write that way. But when I'm out of this moment, when I'm out of the struggle, because that's how life has been for me, you know, I go through some things and then at some point I, I emerge victorious and I feel good and things are going well. And, and my perception of life is different. I always look back and I say, I, I actually was texting Fernando the other day and I told the man, Sometimes I feel like it's my destiny to go through tr- through junk, through trash, through shit, through pain, because that's when the best music comes out of me. Yeah, that's when the best stuff comes out of me. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not alone, and and um, you know, you know, life is it. It's one of those things where you know nobody said life was going to be, um, you know, um, uh. A walk in the park, you know. Nobody said it was going to be a carnival cruise. You know, it's you know the bad t- times in life is what makes the good times even sweeter. You know, and but it's it's very difficult to to understand when you're going through shit because you're sitting there and you're like, man, I feel terrible, or I'm in a really bad place right now, and I don't see the other side, and, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know who to talk to about this. And I'm afraid to talk to people about it because they're just not going to take it the right way and they're not going to understand me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm all good. And I'm going to go deal with this shit on my own. And I've done that. And uh, I did that for a really long time when I was dealing with uh, like some stomach issues that I was having and it was causing anxiety, you know, and a lot of people didn't understand, you know, what was going on with me, you know, and, and it's like. You know, it's so bad that I can't walk out the front fucking door because um, the world is it's coming after me and I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to explain this to people because I'm not fucking crazy, you know, but it's just how I feel right now. And um, and it's time and I didn't know what it was, you know, and as you know, as time went on, you know, I saw a doctor and stuff and they're like, hey, you know, you've got anxiety and this and this. I'm like, oh, okay, because like, how do you treat this? Because everything else in my life. I've always gutted it out, you know, you know, if you, you know, you, you experience some type of pain, you know, you're like, okay, the pain isn't going to last forever. You know, I'm going to gut it out. But with anxiety, it's not like that. You know, it's like the walls are closing in and there's nothing I can do to stop it. No matter how hard I try, who I call or whatever, the walls are going to close in and that's it. And then after they close in on me, it's not going to stop. It's going to close in even harder. And I'm never going to get the fuck out of here. And, um, and obviously, you know, they tell you, oh, you know, maybe you should take some medication and all that. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not fucking taking anything, you know, because then you get hooked on that shit and, 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 and then you become dependent on it. So, you know, I looked into it. I, I don't know if, how much you have, but I eat bananas. Uh, I have one banana a day and, uh, and I do some exercise to keep the anxiety off. But, uh, you know, enough about me. I just wanted to kind of share that with you just to let you know that uh, that we've all kind of been there before. And whatever you're going through, uh, you know, tough times 
don't last, but tough people do. And yeah. uh, and I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll make it out of it, man. But you know, like you said, good music comes out of comes out of those times. And uh, maybe you should write about it. Maybe it'd be somewhat therapeutic to you to kind of uh, to kind of get that out of you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's. Uh, I think I think man, I could, we could we could talk about that for days. I mean days because yeah, I, that's what people don't understand. Like the anxiety transcends every wall you know when you got i have yeah. a stomach ache so i can if i don't eat at all in theory my stomach ache will go away so you can right. deal with that like you said i'm broke i need to pay my bills so if i figure out a way to make some money i can pay my bills right. there's an answer for those things with with anxiety it transcends every answer like it like yeah okay it's therapeutic to write music you're right like that's an answer that's probably the best medicine However, my anxiety won't allow me to write music. Yeah, you know, I say I know I should. I know yeah. that it will make me feel better, but my anxiety has such a grip on on my life and so so much control. And for me, it's so tough, as I'm sure for you, because I've always considered myself a really tough person. Yeah, you know, we I, I tell stories about my life to people, and it's like they're like, "What the hell? The stuff you've been through, right?" And it's like, yeah, and I've never met an opponent that I've been so so um intimidated by yeah i fought big dudes and got my asses kicked bottom line i've 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 gotten i got punched once and left both my feet like left the <laughs> ground he hit mm-hmm. me so hard like and but i was less intimidated by that dude because i knew the fight would end i knew yeah. that even if i lost the fight i was gonna get up and i was gonna walk, i was gonna get out of there and, yeah. and i was gonna live to see another day like that that was i was gonna do i was gonna fight for my life with anxiety, it's like I, I could I could fight the guy and think the fight is over, and then you know two steps later or a day later, or a couple hours later, he's gonna attack me without him without me knowing. Yeah, you know he's gonna come out of nowhere and he's gonna and he's gonna get me with a left hook and I'm gonna leave my feet again. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I don't want I don't I guess I don't want to like really. Go ahead. So I'm just curious, though, uh, since nowadays anxiety is becoming a a hot topic, like I'm hearing about it more and more than I've ever heard about it before. Is it something that's going on with today's culture? Is it something that has always been around and now we're just learning about what exactly it is? What would you guys say is is contributing to this epidemic? You go first, Bert. Okay, thanks. I uh. I think it's I think it's a lot like uh, just it, the, the answer is quite simple. It's always existed. I've always had anxiety. I look back now and I I think about growing up. I had anxiety. I had bad, you know my stomach would get nervous when I had a report card coming because I was afraid mom was going to get mad and I, my I would, my anxiety would get so bad I wouldn't I couldn't pay attention and I would lose my train of thought. It's always sure. existed, but but uh, yeah, right. Like but because it's become this this epidemic and because of social media and because of it just not I'm not going to blame it on like social media outlets however just the information's available now and it's readily available and people are talking about it um it's just become more prevalent it, people notice it and you and if you own it you know if you if you if you're man enough and I think that's the, probably the toughest part to just be able to say like hey this is a, something I struggle with um it just it makes it a little more real, I guess, per se. You know, there there was a time that probably someone argued that oxygen existed, and somebody was like, "What the hell are you talking about? Oxygen? Yeah. What are you What are you talking about?" And they're like, "No, there's this invisible stuff that we breathe in, and it goes into our lungs, and it 
you know what I mean? And they were like, You're, this dude's nuts. This dude's probably, this guy's insane. Then science figured out the no, they were actually, are these molecules floating around in the air that we take in and our body needs? And so I think, I think that anxiety has always been a very, very, very real enemy, a very, very real um, obstacle, whatever you want to label it. It just has, it's become, it's become uh, more prevalent. That's all because of, because of the information that's available now, I think. Yeah, I don't think that uh, there was much information about it in the past, and and people uh, didn't know what it was because I couldn't articulate it for for years, and I've always had it, and I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, the same thing. I'd get a report card. Oh, I knew I was nervous why I got a report card is because I had a fucking terrible report card. That's why. <laughs> and uh, and um, you know, just but little things would pop up, and and I would get like this feeling in my stomach, you know, and I'm like, why am I so nervous you know why am i so scared you know and it doesn't make any fucking sense and um and i couldn't articulate you know what it was and then finally i told uh, i told the doctor about what i was feeling and she's like yeah this is what it is you know a lot of people suffer it and i had real i felt relief because i was like okay i thought i was going freaking crazy you know now now like it kind of took the edge off i'm like okay this is something that can be can be dealt with you know, wow. and uh, and apparently um, it runs in my family as well. Yeah. Uh, some members of my family had it, and I I wasn't aware of that. I was but, gonna uh, not to interrupt you. I was gonna say that I think a, a big part of it too is just generationally. Yeah, like, like anxiety wasn't allowed, right? Like you don't like it, what is anxiety? Deal with it. Yeah, up. you're a man. Go ahead, right. go to work, and just deal with it. That's not something we were able to do. And now we're in a cult and society that is a little more accepting and understanding of that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and one of the things is like, it, it's so like you said, dude, it's like you could be having a fantastic day and then out of nowhere comes out of nowhere. You're like, what, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What's, what's going on, you know? And then yeah. boom, and you're in an anxiety attack, you know? And yeah, uh, it's not, it's not, I don't feel good now. It's the world is ending. Like it, it, yeah. it, it just changes so drastically. And it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing. Like uh, undoing the thought yeah. process that, that, that's been, that I've created probably in my mind is the toughest part. My brain goes places. You know, you said earlier, you said, no one said life would be a walk in the park. My, when you say walk in the park, a walk in a park is different for me than a lot of people. Yeah. You know, someone thinks of a walk in the park as like walking in a nice public park with beautiful trees on a sunny day. A walk in the park with me, for me, was looking to see what game bangers were on what corner and sure. what time of day was it? And was I able to walk that way or did I have to go the other way around because something would happen if I walked through that? You know, they're like, a walk in the park is so different for me. That's, I think, is one of the problems with diagnosis of anxiety. I'll say that. Like, I yeah. didn't find as much relief as you did, which I'm, I'm, I'm totally happy, happy you did. But when I got diagnosed with anxiety, I was like, okay, great. How does that apply to me? Because, because however you, however you treated these other people, they are not me. That right. and. I, the problem with our culture is we we blanket statement everything we blatant blanket treatment everything how do yeah. you deal with a racist this is what you do you educate them no because some of them don't want to be educated some of them are more educated than you are 
it's not, you know, it takes, everyone needs to be treated uniquely because every one of us are unique. My experience has been so different than everyone else's. We both deal with anxiety, but our anxiety are two different monsters. I can't right. tell you, hey, go, you know, like not to belittle what you're doing, you're working on your banana. I, that probably, I'm, I'm, I, I trust that that works for you. That does not mean it'll work for me. Mm-hmm. I can do the exact same, right? You know, I could take the, I was on medication. I've never been addicted to a drug in my life, in my life. And so I was 33 years old. I was on an antidepressant. I won't say the name because it's probably a little far. They put me on an antidepressant because my mom almost died. And I had never been on medication like that. And, and they, they just told me, you know, it was going to help. I took the medication for about four months and I began, I could hardly finish a sentence. My intellect, it sounded like I'd lost half of my brain. Like I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't have a conversation because it dumbed me down, slowed me down so, so much. Yeah. And then it got really bad. Then I, I got really suicidal. And I thought, wait a minute, like this is bad, but it's getting worse. I'm going to get off of this. And they told me specifically, well, you got to wean yourself off this medication. You can't just stop taking it because it'll be bad. And I said, you know, me being the bad, badass machismo that I am. I'll deal with it. I'm just going to get off of it. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to do it. And I remember sitting on my couch in the living room and getting shocked, feeling like I was being shocked, getting like, you know, when you, you ever stuck your finger in an electrical socket? No. Oh, have you ever put a, <laughs> I've heard that <laughs> it's a, quite an experience though. Yeah. Uh, you ever put a, like a, 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 what is that? Nine volt battery to your tongue. Oh Yeah. <laughs> that 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 jolt that like short little jolt. I was getting those throughout the day. I felt sick. I was nauseous. I was throwing up. I had diarrhea because I came off the medication. Right. I was shaking. I I didn't know what a withdrawal was until that day, and it was on a medication that was supposed to help me with my anxiety. Right. And and again, the problem was. Listen, I'm sure that medication works for many people. Or otherwise, they wouldn't prescribe it. The trouble is, I'm not many people. Well, the pharmaceutical people, people they, pres- they prescribe it so that people use it uh, continually and continually to pad their profits. But that's that's a completely different, completely different yeah. subject. Yeah. What, what I what I mean about my uh, eating bananas is that uh, studies have have found that uh, bananas have a high potassium, and that mm-hmm. potassium aids in holding off anxiety. Yeah, avocados have uh, high potassium as well, and that's why I have uh, a banana a day. But I also do. Uh, I've recently been doing yoga, and that helps out. Uh, that helps out a lot as well. But that's I mean, awesome. yeah, meditation works for me. Like you know, I, when I met, the trouble is I have so much. I have trouble meditating. Uh, anxiety is so loud. Mind. Yeah, like it, it isn't. I I I read a a book called the depression cure. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a, a great book and they go through some, some things that you can do, like like taking omega threes and omega sixes and, and being in the sun for, you know, 30 minutes a day, um, at its peak hour, because that vitamin D that you get from the sun and your body helps literally fight anxiety and depression. Mm. And, uh, and I remember I, I, I was uh, actually in Vegas. I'd read the book on my way to Vegas and uh, well, I listened to it actually on an uh, audio book, listened to it, got there. And like the first week that I was there every morning, I got up at that time and I got out and I got out in the sun. I felt it working. I felt it helping. But the trouble is, you know, seven, eight days in yeah. the first time the anxiety won, 
I gave up. And then, and then there's the trouble is you begin to doubt yourself as a, like, maybe I'm yeah. not as I thought, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm just a weak person, right? Yeah. Maybe, but these are, you know, like to kind of get kind of back on track, I guess these are the things that I should be writing about because, you know, there's, there's so many people in the world struggling with that feeling. Yeah. I, they're dying for someone to talk about it and to be able to articulate it and yeah. then even to put it to some music that might help them feel like they're not alone. Like, I feel like that's my call and, and I'm, and I'm cheating my destiny. I'm cheating a bunch of people and I feel the burden of that all the time. Yeah. I think that you should, because one of the things that I felt was being a, a sense of alone, a terrible sense of alone that I was the only one kind of going through this and I had and nobody to, uh, to really talk to, finding out that there are other people that are dealing with it. And actually the people that I, I do talk to that have it, they're like, oh, you have it too? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, do you experience this, this, and this, and this? I'm like, yeah. And it's like this, this, and this, and this, and this. And then you get like this feeling you get like this feeling like, oh my God, I'm not alone. We can talk to each other. We can, we can communicate with each other and about what we're going through. And I have someone to talk to. Why don't we? I don't know. You know what? I have a guy at work, man. And, um, he's been having anxiety issues and, um, you know, he wasn't doing much exercise. I was like, Hey man, why don't you try doing this? And, uh, you know, um, changing her diet a bit. And, uh, he did that. And then I started doing yoga and I was like, Hey man, why don't you try doing yoga? So he started doing that, and and he likes it because uh, I do it before I go to bed. It calms my mind, so I, I sleep better because I have a hard time turning off my mind. And uh, he's been doing the same thing. And the other day, he was having uh, an anxiety attack was coming, and he's like, "I was at home, anxiety attack was coming on. I put on uh, I, I put on YouTube, I, ter- I put on some yoga, I started doing it, and it went away." And I didn't have any problems after that. And I felt really good on the inside, dude, because it's like if, you know, me telling him to start doing that, um, you know, it made me feel good on the inside because, you know, I helped somebody, you know, to, to get out of that fucking dark hole, you know. Yeah, you know something. what it feels like to be there. Yeah, yeah. And and when you're there, you're like, I, I wish there was something that I could do, something, anything to get the fuck out of here. And I was able to kind of give that to him. And, it, and it, it made me feel pretty good on the inside. But I, I honestly feel, man, that um, if you can if you can put that into some music, I think a lot, I think that it would go over well. And uh, and I would definitely listen to it. So anyways, obviously. Um, so does doing music take an emotional toll on you? Or, or do, do you, are you like, yeah, I love it, you know, and you can do it all the time. You know, some people can work all the time and, and it's great because it's like their passion, but you doing it, do you feel like there's an emotional toll afterwards of, of, of trying to put yourself out there? Yeah, definitely. There's, it, it's a, an emotional suck. And I say that because there's kind of this fine line, uh, where, where I am now, I don't have enough energy to go into the studio and write and perform what I want to perform. Mm-hmm. I know what I feel. I know that I can, I know that if I could just get my mind around, if I could just sit and write that it's going to be powerful. And I know that I'll feel better afterwards. I know it, but I just don't have it in me. Right. It's like, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't get, like not having enough sleep and then trying to run a marathon. Like, good luck with that. Like you might be able to do it, but it's not going to go so well. Like, uh, you know, David Goggins would disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. But again, unique, right? There's always exceptions. 
people, yeah. there's always an exception to the rule because you know what? I'm sure there's certain songs where God, I, that I thought I didn't have it in me. And then all of a sudden here comes this monster, that oh. song, answer me. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, dude, like yeah. if you listen to the song, answer me. I was, I was desperate for God to listen to me. Right. Like I, I was at the point, like, is there even a God? Is anyone listening? Yeah. Like it, that's how I felt, right? Like I don't even, I don't even believe in God anymore. I don't like I was in such a dark place, and then here I go, here I am writing to what seems to be my creator and asking for his help. And then in the midst of the song, I say that like I don't even know why I'm asking, or um, or, or what, what's the line? Um, I don't know why I say this because you already knew. Uh, you already knew this or whatever. I, I can't yeah. think of it right. But like, yeah. I'm talking to him and I realized like, man, I'm asking for him to listen to me and answer me. He's already done that. Yeah. He's listening to me. Like he's the, he's my biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a sense of irony too. Because <laughs> yeah. before you, before you even started talking, you don't realize at the end he answered you before you even asked. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about the rest of your CD uh, lit, and what inspired you to um, what inspired you to make the CD? Man, I wish I had a great story for that. The truth of the matter is, um, like I said, I've been doing music for a really long time. I've I've if you know the story in the Bible about talents, I've buried my talents my entire life. I've got songs that have never been heard by people. I've got I've got lyrics that need to be printed in a book or on a hallmark card or like they need to be in the world and they they never were they were on a hard drive they probably got deleted probably got thrown away and i've continually do that done that to myself i've written songs i don't finish them i you know i i i write a complete song but i never record it or we record the song and i never like the editing and we never find we never do a final mix and Uh uh, master did that for years and years. And then people that were close to me, Alex has, happens to be one of them, you know, began to say, even my girlfriend, like, when are you just going to finish an album? When are you just going to put it together and stop being so damn picky and stop, stop deciding for people whether or not it's good enough and just put it out there? Um, yeah. And that's what I did. I said, you know what? For the first time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, literally. I was like, all right, we're gonna do it. I didn't even listen to the final master of the album because I said we're putting it out and that's it. I don't okay. care what. I, I trust you, Fernando. Did the the you know uh, Titus Rose? Yeah. He, he he did the full he did the full mix and master, and I told him I trust you, man. Just, we're just gonna put it out. So um, the album itself, why I did it was really just this, to have that sense of accomplishment, the sense of, I wanted to have a, a, um, something to revisit, to remember that I was able to finish it, that I was able to finish something so that I can do it again. Cause that's, yeah. that's where I, that's where I find my strength. Like knowing that I've done it now, I know I can do it again. Um, the songs themselves, they were all, I mean, they were all really different places. And I, I, I wanted it to be that way. That I did have. I had some sort of direction. I wanted it. I wanted people. I wanted to transcend genres. I wanted people that liked pop music to be able to listen to it. I wanted people that were happy about life and enjoying life to be able to enjoy songs like um, "Twisted" and and uh, uh, you know, and then like the guys going 
the guys that were feeling super cocky or telling their girlfriends to go somewhere, tell them to save it, you know? And like, I, I had different, that's who I am as a person. And you, you've known me for years. Like I just kind of probably a little more emotional than I need to be. I'm still that way at 36. However, you know, I wear my, you know, and I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but you always know you're getting a genuine emotion. That's the one thing with me. Like, you know, that like, yeah, he's acting like an idiot now, but I know his heart's right. And I know that he'll stop being an idiot in about 10 minutes, right? Like he'll, he'll be all right. And, and, uh, and, and, and he's got my, I, like, I, I, I've heard this before and I, I know, I think you guys feel the same way. Like I, I'm, I'm the first guy you want to go into a bar fight with. Like I'm the, I'm the guy that you want there. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're, if you're going to get married, if you're going to like, I'm, I'm going to be there, I'm going to have your back. And like, I wanted people to hear that. I wanted to, I want them to hear that the genuine, who I am as a person and who I am. I'm not, I'm not a great man. I'm not completely grown up. I'm still childish. Sometimes I'm still, I still fall short. I still make mistakes. I still lie. I still do all these things. One thing I I will always be is be genuine. Yeah. I don't think uh, there's a lot of guys out there that haven't grown up or, you know, we all make mistakes, man, you know, and, and it's just a part of life though. How would you say your, um, your music has changed you as a person? I, I actually, I probably have to think think about it, but I, I, the short answer, kind of on the spot, I would it probably hasn't changed me at all because, again, the the music that I'm normally writing is what I'm going through, so it's not necessarily changing me. My music is really I'm painting painting a painting a picture of who I am at that moment, okay, where I am in my life. I'm telling the story about who I am. So now, if I've chronicled my life in music. So when I go, you can go back and listen to all the music I wrote, all the freestyles. I started rapping at 16, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, 20, 25, 30. And you'll watch the growth of a, of a man, the, uh, the growth of a childish, selfish person turn into a loyal, genuine man, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, that, that's what you'll see. It's not, I don't think it's changing me. Um, yeah, it's, it's more so just the picture of who I am and where I am at that time in my life. Do you see yourself branching out from music and doing other things? Uh, I make everything so difficult. No, I, I don't see it, but I want to. I've been that's that's what I've been doing for the past probably year and a half now. I keep asking this question: What? Why have I? Why have I? Um, for lack of a better phrase, kind of locked myself in this box where I have to be a rapper to deliver a message. Like, <laughs> why Why do I have to be a rapper? Why can't I write a book? Why can't I be a, a motivational speaker? Why can't I have a podcast? Um, I'd probably a cheap plug here, but like I, so uh, Fernando and I, a real good friend of mine, uh, we started a podcast called Your Path Podcast. Path is an acronym, and it's uh, Your Passion and True Happiness. Okay. Um, and it, it's really just a motivational podcast. Um, okay. And I'm still able to deliver this message, right? Like, I, my experience, people are so, like, God, experience is so much more valuable than skill to me. Yeah. Right? Like, like you can be taught a skill, you can go to school and learn a skill. You can go to a trade. You can go to trade school and learn a trade, but 
experience, the ability to communicate with people, the ability to establish a rapport with a stranger or someone you have don't know, that's a that's that's invaluable. You can't yeah. like, you can't put a price on that. And so I'd like to see myself, I guess that's the way I ask, like I'd like to see myself do a lot of things that are more impactful, um, especially if if music isn't it anymore. And, and a part of me with my age, and I know people will say, oh, you're not that old or like age doesn't matter. I, I think it does. I think the, 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 the platform that you're delivering, you know, like I used to say when I, I, I did youth ministry for a while. And when I was ministering, my ministry was more effective than the 50-year-old guy in a suit because they looked at me and they saw the dude with tattoos all over himself and normal clothes that was able to talk. They, you know, they could kind of bring it to their level and talk to them the way they talked and, and deliver a message that they were able to hear. They didn't want to hear from the guy that had been on this planet for 50 years longer than they had and in a suit telling them about their life because right. they, they knew that he knew nothing about it. So I think at this point, if I'm going to help a a 20-year-old, which is probably who's listening to hip-hop music at this point, right? Like an 18, 20-year-old kid, it's going to become more and more difficult for me to deliver that me- message through that 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 actual that stream. Um, so I don't know what it is. I don't know what's next. But yeah, I'd like to see myself doing other things. Yeah, I think uh, you know, you know, 20-year-old, 18-year-old kids you know, they don't really know what's going on. They don't know who they are and, and, and they don't know uh, really what's going on for the most part. You know, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's you haven't been out in the world yet, so you don't even know what you're made of yet. So how could you possibly know really who you are and and what you're made of? But I think that we all could try to, um, I guess in a way, try to impact our lives. You know, I mean, just because you're 36 doesn't mean that you can't make a difference, you know? Yeah. Even if you are, you know, wearing a suit and or what have you, you could say, Hey, I, I was there before, you know, and this is who I am today. You know, um, what do you have in the, in the pipe right now? Um, not too much. Again, we're working on the podcast. Um, I, you know, I came on onto your podcast to do an interview. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh no, I appreciate you guys having me. It gave me, it gave me a, sense of importance some sort of value you know sometimes it's uh, my my ego needs it i guess you know like i don't i i think that some of all the you know the 45 minutes or whatever we we're going to talk today there's going to be five minutes worth of good content you're going to get you know like five <laughs> minutes of important really good like nuggets that someone's going to get you know someone's going to go wow he said something that impacted me and so yeah um whenever if i'm not doing that I'm, I'm, I'm dying inside for lack yeah. of better, right? Like there's, I, there's something in me missing. And so, no, I, I love doing that. So I'm working on a podcast. Um, and then I'm just trying to think about where I want to go next. You know, what do I want to do with my life? Cause it's, it's not over, it's not nearly over. Like I, I feel like, but it's time for me to, to begin to like really make some, some strategic moves to set myself up. Um, and to be able to like, you know, again, with like the anxiety thing, I've got to conquer this thing, man. I've got to get control of it. You know, it's, it's had control for much too long. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, so yeah, man, I, I'm really trying to get my health in order mentally as well as physically. Um, I, uh, 
I physically, so diet, diet wise, like I, I stopped eating red meat five months ago, which wow. I thought was impossible feat for me. Like I, I ate meat, no joke, five days out of the week, I was eating meat probably three times a day. Yeah. I was eating bacon for breakfast. I was eating a burger for lunch. And I was eating a steak for dinner. Like God five days Yeah. Like I, every, every day, all day long. And with my ulcerative colitis, it was just out of control. I could, same thing that you mentioned, like I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house. I had, I had made no plans. There were no plans. There were times I didn't leave the house for four or five days in a row. Lost my job. That you know, I I'd had no social life, um, and so I, I made the. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a shot, and it's helped significantly for me. So, um, it, you know, just making those types of decisions, whether drastic or not, like I just, I, it's time for me to take more control of my life because if I'm gonna be helping people or impacting kids. Right. And telling them how they should uh, take my advice and how they can impact their lives and how they need to take better, you know, make better decisions for their own sake. Um, I've I got to lead by example. I've, I can't I can't be the dude that tells you what to do and gives you advice. And I'm not taking it. I, I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did the same thing. I quit eating beef and that helped me out significantly because it, uh, it I, I got really bloated after eating it. And uh, and so I eat a lot of chicken. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, but that definitely, I did the same thing. And if anybody out there who's listening, you know, if you eat a lot of, if you eat a lot of beef and you know, you're having stomach issues, uh, try dropping that because, uh, yeah, it's at helped, least cut it's it down. Yeah. yeah. At least I would say at least like try to cut it down see what it does for you. I mean, I don't, I don't know that's the answer. I just know it helped me. It helped me significantly. Like you said, and I, uh, yeah, I, I cut it all out. I even for there was a I went a month and a half without chicken as well. I was just eating tofu and vegetables, wow. like wow. and uh, and I felt the best. I started eating chicken again, and the trouble is that I like I like love chicken and like yeah. and now that I'm not eating meat, where I I would it's so easy to get like fried chicken or like you know <laughs> right, well, since I'm out now yeah because like if you're if I was eating when I was essentially a vegetarian kind of at the at that time for six weeks, um, so like going to a fast food restaurant wasn't even an option. Like, right. what are you going to eat? Like, there's nothing to eat. So I, it wasn't even an option. So I was eating all raw, all healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I can eat chicken, it's like, oh yeah, Hooters. I can, I can get, I can get the chicken. Oh my gosh, Hooters. dude. <laughs> just, just and don't then, get chicken nuggets from McDonald's. I, I, I choose to eat real food. <laughs> real chicken. That's funny. I, I shouldn't um, say that, but McDonald's wants to sponsor me. I love chicken. <laughs> They'll never sponsor me from what I've what what I've said about them on this podcast, and that's 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 fine with me. So, do you have any message that you want to send to the people listening, any of your fans, anybody who listens to this? Because you know, people could listen to this five years from now. You know, when you're a huge uh, you're a huge star and you're on the uh, you know Video Music Awards, you could say, "Hey, I remember when I was on uh, Fifty Seven Podcast, baby." <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I I uh, I'd like to believe that's what happens, and I I guess I would say. Um, I'd like to believe that this is, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a turning point in my life. I'd like to, I'd like to be able to point back at this and go, yeah, I remember where I was, I was there and that was where I pivoted and made a, made a significant change in my life. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, I, sorry, I couldn't be more positive, but I, that wasn't my intent here. Like we, we came, we came in the interview, I was going to give you genuine, real, and the dude's just not doing great. I said the dude, third person. Third person. Sounds yeah, like um, a little bit better. 
<laughs> when we start talking about each other and in in ourselves in a third person, we're doing a little bit better. Self-confidence yeah. is, is, is getting there. No, it's yeah. all good, man. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to hear about you and you know your story and and you know what it's uh, it's important for people to know that every day is not roses and rainbows, but it doesn't mean that tomorrow can't be, you know. And I think it's important, you know. Like I will say, like for you guys, this is personal. Like doing this is like this is you know I pay people for therapy. You know I I pay to I pay a therapist to listen to me talk about stuff and. And give yeah. me a generic answer, and re- I'm sure they're very, you know, they're educated and they're they're uh, they're answers that can be very useful. But there's something about talking to your to your friends, people that care about you, and and uh, they care enough to to want to know what's going on, you know. And and we, I don't think anyone does it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we get older, I think you, you begin to value the relationships that matter more and more. And it, it sucks that you can't do it all the time, um, but I'm encouraged. Like this encouraged me; it made me feel better to be able to talk to you guys man, today. Well, we really appreciate it. So, uh, so where can people find your music at? Do you have a like a Twitter account or something? Yeah, I got it. I have a Twitter account, and I don't do much on it. I'll, I'll post a bunch about sports and stuff and Madden, but uh, it's Soto and Lime at Soto and Lime. Um, okay. And then the music, the album was released about two. Can I, can I say one thing? Just uh, make sure you delete all those old tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, I've, I, there's a lot of things that are things are going sideways with Twitter these days. So just make sure you clean out those old tweets from 2006. There, Alberto. Come back and get you six tweets. Yeah, you know what? The chronicle of my life. They can like eat it. No. I, I, I like how we tried to sabotage your uh, sabotage your plug here. You know, I'm trying to you know, get your get your information That's what I do. out there. And you know, it, that just shows you what kind of guy he is. You know, and you know the, the people are gonna, the people are figuring it out very very slowly. But they're they're gonna they're they're, they're they're figuring out who this guy is. Alex is not. He's never gotten over the fact that when he had any sort of dream of being a rapper, I just killed it, and it just it ended. <laughs> It ended in his basement on his 21st birthday. <laughs> and he was like, who is this guy in the peak Cubs hat and pink <laughs> Nike sweatbands doing keg stands with me? He's cool as fuck, but I'm going to take him in my basement and we're all going to rap and I'm going to make him. I'm going to show him what a rapper is <laughs> until the whole party we were playing. It's time for the percolator. Oh, it's yeah. time for the percolator. And I was oh, yeah. freestyling on the table. And the there we party go. was like, I quit. I quit. I can't be a rapper anymore, and so I, I don't think he's ever let go of that. Um, but that's okay. Did, you know, we all go at our own pace. I did. Re- I did retire that year. <laughs> <laughs> that was my last appearance that year. You know, what's funny is is I know a guy named David, and uh, he still thinks he's a better rapper than me. <laughs> yeah, we we actually mentioned him. Uh, I think a couple podcasts ago. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I I forget which one it was, but he's been, he's supposed to drop a CD for like fifteen years, and uh, thirty years. Thirty <laughs> years. That's right. I forgot because he's going on forty five now. I think I personally think he's he's waiting till he's fifty seven so he can drop the album and call it five seven or oh, something okay. like that. He was telling me he wants to put he wants to get a medallion <laughs> of five seven and like and so yeah. I mean he's I, maybe that's what he's waiting for. Well, he's gonna have it to pay his royalties for that if he wants to do that. Yeah, he, he, he I don't know. Maybe he has this master plan. I, I mean, this got to be the hottest album ever. 
<laughs> you know, it's, like, I, I could see it burning. Meaning, like hot burning trash. You know, probably that kind of hot. Um, well, he's been working on it for three decades. I mean, it's got to have some sort of waste. I mean, can you imagine what he's talking about thirty years ago? If he started, he started his rap songs thirty years ago. He was talking about uh, logging on to Napster and things like that. I mean, what was he talking about? I got my sixteen six K modem. He probably yeah. talked about the the dirt, all the dirt that R. Kelly was doing because he was probably there. <laughs> oh man, he's so, gonna love this one. You uh, so you got a Twitter account? What's your Twitter account and uh, and an iTunes? Uh, so on iTunes, the album is called Lit, um, just like the L-I-T. Um, Soto is the artist name, so S-O-T-O. So you go on there, Soto Lit. Uh, it's a ten-song album. It's some um, I, I I like it. I think it's a good workout album. Like you can put it on and kind of get yourself a good workout in. But you know, you'll you'll get some from it. Uh, and then the Twitter account is at Soto and Lime. Uh, and then again, the the podcast is uh, Your Path Podcast. Right now, it's primarily on instagram we're doing promos and stuff like that but we're also going to be um available on itunes and other you know places soon um but i'll definitely you know uh, let's make this a thing man as you know uh as i continue to grow and as you guys continue to grow let's just keep you know let's revisit this man every once in a while and 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 kind of progress report it yeah we'll try and uh we'll try and check back in with you i mean that sounds good see where you're at and see how you're doing because uh i mean it's all about progress when it comes with anxiety and i think that there's a lot of people out there that would like to hear uh you know how you're how you're progressing because that might help them in in some way yeah well cool man when's the next when's the next cd coming out when when are you going to throw 10 10 more tracks together and put it out and just say fuck it let's well then in that case let's just say 2019 we're gonna have to drop an album all right, that sounds good. I'll be waiting for it. All right. Yeah, All right, man. we're going to well, drop one 2019. You heard it first. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your time. And uh, this is Pre and Mike. We're out. <laughs>